Westbrook Health Services has been supporting the surrounding community since 1949 and is known as an agency that is community-focused, people-driven. As one of West Virginia's 13 comprehensive behavioral health centers, Westbrook provides services to eight counties throughout the Mountaineer State and became one of the first comprehensive community behavioral health clinics in West Virginia in 2020. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the generous help of the Sisters Health Foundation. This year marks 25 years since the foundation awarded its first grant, and we couldn't be more grateful for their support. Welcome to Studio 2121. Hello, and welcome back to that little thing that we like to call Spill the Tea with Liz and me. I'm Liz. And I'm me. And we have the most delightful guest today. The coolest. Probably the best ever, would you say? Uh, well, we don't want to upset any no, previous guests that have come before. Gonna it's our best guest so far this year. Correct. Correct. Yeah. But when you yes. look at Fonzie, take half step down, and that's where you got the firm. Yeah. Jason Faraby. Thank you for being here with us today. Absolutely. When did you get firm? Uh, like Is eight. that a thing or did she give you that? No, like eighth grade. Eighth, eighth grade. grade. Okay. Yeah. Firm. Yeah. Firm. Yeah, Which is very time. sweet. Do mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you want to? You wanna... So Jason, uh, tell us a little bit about what you do here. I am the adult regional intervention specialist. I do. Which means? Very important. important. I do uh, suicide prevention, intervention, and postvention work. I'm also a registered peer. Nice. So it's kind of a, a dual role. Yes. The uh, the parity of suicide prevention and recovery is it, a lot of it overlaps. It really does, but it's not necessarily overlapped. Like it, you, you work with the peers, you go out with the peers sometimes, and that's a little bit different from your regular job, Absolutely. right? Yes. But they do intersect very nicely. Right. Yeah. 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 It's, it's overall mental health and depending on, you know, where a person is and, and their, their life and their situation of what applies. I've said this before. Um, I admire our peers and I admire uh, Jason's people because they speak a language that I am not fluent in. I could, well, I could say hello and I could order on the menu, but I can't, um, I can't speak fluently in that and they are very honest and open they're able to ask very tough questions questions we're going to talk about today um but i i am more beat around the bush i think you and i talked about that yeah because we had the joy of attending recently a training that you did for the agency called safe talk which um westbrook is instituting training all of our staff in safe talk and that came up right because you have to be very direct you can't beat around the bush and you struggle with that and i do not right i i think my mom raised me more to be um the entertainer yes the bringer of joy and saying the word suicide is not the bringer of joy that's much more blunt and i would have to put on a different hat for that which i will do as just not a hat that i keep on all the time where jason wears the hat it, it's still uncomfortable sometimes um, in those situations but it's it's so much needed mm-hmm. um, to be that direct to know exactly where you are you know what's going we on we can't mess around that's right you just can't there's there's no luxury for messing around here yeah yeah, if, if you were to say something like, are you thinking about hurting yourself or, you know, that that can mean so many things. That it has exactly. to be a direct, a direct question. Um, tell Jason why 
we figured out why I have a problem versus you. Well, this is something that came up because, you know, we in, in the training you do a little role play and we were doing the role play and Liz was struggling with some of the very direct words and I was not. And I said, have you ever had to, ha is this what you're talking mm -hmm. about? Mm -hmm. Have you ever yeah. had to have this conversation with someone? And she said, no. And I said, that might be the difference. It feels very uncomfortable to you, but this is a conversation I've had before. If you've gotten that close to the fire, you know. Right. Yeah. 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 But tell, t t we know, but tell everybody, our, our, our viewing public, a little bit about Safe Talk and what it is. So Safe Talk is technically a presentation and not a training. Sorry, yes, um, you but, said that. But, but it, it, it looks like a training at, at, at times. So um, What do you think the difference is between a presentation and a training? I think the more hands-on um, the participants are. Okay. That would, would be my guess. Okay. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Um, but, you know, we, we give out a lot of information. Um, a lot of information. Opposed to exactly what you should be doing, which would be more like a training model, which would be more assist, okay. which is a two-day interventionist training. And that's certainly hands-on. This is exactly what, you know, not exactly what you should say, but exactly what, how you should be doing it. Um, because the words, the words come to you as, as you, you know, And it needs to know. be natural, right? You right. don't want it yeah. to be disingenuous. So. Um, and if it's scripted, it, it, it'll sound scripted. Mm -hmm. So, and it needs to be a general conversation, you know. Um, and I thought that that, uh, that safe talk that we did was a good conversation. There was a lot of back and forth. I agree. Um, I agree. And, and that's when that's when I feel there that were it goes well. there were probably 20, 20 mm -hmm. people in a room, and Jason had you, you who was with you. Uh, Kim McVeigh was okay. my uh, CSR. Okay. She was my community uh, resource. Um, that person's role is to keep an eye. On the uh, on the participants, and if anybody gets upset or anything like that happens, then because she is assist trained, then she takes them aside so that you, you can know, keep if doing. Were yeah. to, to walk out or get upset right. because you know we start right at the beginning and say you know if you start feeling a certain way or start getting upset, we do that with uh, uh, the kids in presentations at schools too. We don't want anybody to sit uncomfortably, you know, in those situations, and it's a tough topic. Once you open that door, you have to be ready for whatever happens. Mm -hmm. So we derailed you, but tell us a little bit about Safe Talk. So Safe Talk um, is a presentation about how to recognize the signs that someone may be thinking about suicide, how to ask them directly, um, how to listen to them when they start talking to us, and how to uh, um, keep safe. Can you give the most important tip when you are in intentionally going to listen to someone, what's the most intentional thing you can do? Um, to pay direct attention to them. What should they not do? Do not play on your phone. There we go. Do not play on your phone. Do not have, you know, set the phone down. Uh, body language is important. Exactly. As far as, you know, even crossing arms. You know, you want to be facing them. You want to be That know, phone thing, the though. Full, full the phone attention. thing. Yeah. It's just so, so much part of our mm -hmm. lives. And now. you had to say it. It's unfortunate, right? That yeah. You yeah. had to say the words, but you did. Yeah. And mo most people that are doing it don't realize that it's, that it's not wanted in that, you know, not that situation, but are a lot of situations. Yeah. You know, I'm guilty of it, to have my phone out at the house and things like that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, keep going. So uh, I also think um, that the most, or one of the best ways that you can show somebody that you care for them is by listening to them. Um, and often when we're listening uh, to people or having a conversation, we're thinking about what we're going to say next. Um, in those situations, you don't want to be necessarily be thinking about what you're going to do. You want to be listening and taking in and digesting what they're saying, you know, to, to better help understand. And that um, allows the person to, uh, to get it out, to vent, to have their voice heard. Um, and then, you know, you want to validate what they're saying. 
you never want to say things like, um, everything's going to be okay. Because it may not be. Because we have no idea what it's going to be. Right. So, but uh, to, re to repeat things back, to make sure that they know that they're being heard. Um, and to make sure that you actually did hear correctly, sure. yeah. right? And, and to say things like, um, you know, that's a lot. That's a lot that oh, you're yeah. going through, yeah. you know, that's because it is, you know. Um, and we don't want to give advice in those moments. Uh, there will be time for that later, you know, of, of options of things that, that, can, that can go on. But we really just want to take in what they're having to say. Keep them safe. Um, let them let them say what they want to say and then connect them to the next uh, level of, of, of treatment or support that they need. And I definitely want to get to that as far as if, if someone is coming across a conversation, what happens next? Well, I think that sure. that was an important point and you made that point several times. You don't have to fix the situation. Right. You have to keep them safe, like stay with them, get them to the next. And when I say keep them safe, keep an eyeball on them, make sure help is on the way and Engage. get them to the next. Engage. Yeah. Yes, a good, absolutely. A good analogy of that is if you come across somebody that's broken their leg or broken their arm, um, you're not going to fix that. Even if you're a doctor, you're not going to fix that in that situation. Okay, I, I just have to tell you, though, that you said that in the training, and I thought to myself, you know, I've been watching Grey's Anatomy. Well, not recently, right. but... And, and I feel like... Me, no, I'm maybe kidding. You but, it, but, right? you know, right? Yeah. You would try to fix it, maybe, but you won't yeah. try to fix it. Even, even if you're a doctor... <laughs> a guy don't, even if you learned in first aid yeah. how to splint it, this isn't what we're talking about. Right, it's to get them to that level of care they need, they need. and that level of care can, can, can vary. It can be a lot of things. And you don't have to figure that out necessarily. No, no, not if you're if you're not trained to do that, that's not your role at that moment. If you don't speak that language, right. if you don't. And and if it's something that, if it's out of my wheelhouse, if I don't if I don't understand, you know, it's okay for me to say, well, I don't I don't know anything about that. But I let me get you someone who does. Well, we can go talk to somebody that can. Yeah, you know, that can help. You know, so we are you know kind of a lifeguard right there. That's a good. That, well, that's a good analogy. You, you did say something, and I was I was waiting for someone to comment, and it was probably just me thinking it. But you said how you did this anyway, um, and then you got a job out of it, and I thought, well, right? Golly, we could just have them volunteer. <laughs> I know, right? So yeah, talk you about that. So, when you oh, go ahead. So the, the short of it is. Um, for those that don't know me, I lost my dad to suicide in 1994. I lost one of my best friends in 2007. I joined the recovery community, got sober, in 2010. So in 2010, I attended a local walk that was for suicide prevention, and I kept my participation going. And as it kept going, I, get, I started getting more involved. Um, and then ended up um, Dr. Heather McCarter's right hand uh, for, for walks here in town. I recently met her. Yeah, she's wonderful. She's yes. great. Yeah. Um, and from there, we brought in Michelle Toman as a guest speaker, uh, because Michelle Toman had been doing at that time 20 plus years, 25 years of you know suicide prevention stuff on her own. Um, so from there, and the money we'd raised, frankly, because it's a fundraising organization, uh, we were invited to form a state chapter for that for that organization here, and, and we did that. Um, and most of us are not affiliated with that organization anymore, but that, but it still stands. It's, it still works, you know. Um, and then most of us now are in positions to where we're paid to do what we were doing already. Right. Because it's a passion. It's a passion. Um, 
I, I guess I got associated with doing that sort of work. So people reach out to me on social media and my personal life all the time. Um, when, if they have questions or if they need help, you know, not necessarily a crisis situation, but direction on what to do, what the options are. It's so good when people reach out before it's a crisis. Yeah, absolutely. So good. Absolutely. Yeah, we tell people all the time, reach out. So when, when they do, we got to be ready. Mm -hmm. um, so this will be something that I, uh, that I likely always do. But you didn't start your career at Westbrook. Until 2019. And not in your current role either. No, I came on. I was actually vending toys at the mall, um, because I'm a Star Wars nerd too. And uh, Tracy Tynan came through, who I knew um, from suicide prevention volunteer work that I was doing. And um, I said, hey, I left the other job to put myself on the hot seat because I needed a change. And, and, I, and I had brought a resume to Westbrook and dropped it off at the front because mm -hmm. I didn't know what else to do. And she's like, well, we don't have anything, you know, as far as that goes. She said, but there might be something else. So the, that was a Saturday. The following Tuesday, I get a phone call from Crystal Cottle saying, well, we have this peer position open, you know, if you want to come in and talk about it. And I'm not going to lie, came through the front door going, I don't want to do this. You know, mm -hmm. How'd that work out? I left going, uh, yeah, I really hope I get this and, job. And let me guess that it was Crystal that convinced you because she has a passion for what she does. Right. Um, my recovery was from a 12-step program, and I've always felt odd about people paying for their recovery. Got it. So yeah. it's kind of a fuzzy line. Uh, but once I saw and started listening to, um, I was, you know, it's okay because it's needed. And, and it's, you it's know, a, not everybody's recovery it's a language looks the same, and it's, that, and it's an opportunity so to meet important. people where they are. Right, um, that not everybody's recovery looks right. the same, and I think that when we believe that it should be, we miss people. Right, so you know, not everybody walks into a church basement, you know, for a meeting. So. Or even if they do, it may not work for them. There right. Are, right. Yeah. So It worked so. for you, which I think is great, and it yeah. works for a lot of people. It, it does. But there are many, many paths. One of my questions that they asked me during that interview was how I felt about Matt. And at the time, which Medication was, Medication assisted treatment. Uh -huh. I'm sorry, yeah. Um, uh, what... 2019. 2019. And we a are short now, time ago. we're now four years later right. and it's a totally different mindset. Right. Yeah. And, but at that time, how mm -hmm. I felt about it was, I was pretty strong about it, you know, and, and it Against. wasn't good. Yeah. yeah it wasn't yeah. good because I really didn't know that much about it. Right. You know, um, and then as I, I moved along, the question was, are you willing to use that as an option if needed? And it's like, of course, I can do the job, you know, whatever the job is. But since then, I see it. I, I still have opinions about it, but I watch it save lives. Yeah, exactly. So, so exactly. You know, and, it, and it goes right along to not everybody takes the same path. Not everybody's path to recovery right. is, is going to look the same. You know, people need options and sometimes medication is part of that. So obviously they liked you because they hired you. And I was wearing my Lucky Grateful Dead socks, which I pointed out in the interview. So is that, that, is that what did it? I think, I think it was. Mm -hmm. The luck or that they liked the socks? I think it was the luck. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Are you wearing those today? <laughs> I thought about wearing them today and I did not. So, yeah, I got only special occasions. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Don't wanna, Fair enough. Don't want to rub the, the luck off of them. Um, but, yeah, then they called me called me back and said, we would like you to start. So, um, the position that I, would, that I moved into, the peer position, was kind of slow moving. So, I learned a lot. Uh, my office was right beside the crisis office. Mm -hmm. So, I learned a lot about the crisis team and what they do. Uh, I started, I fell in with Crystal on QRT, the mm -hmm. quick response team, um, and doing um, overdose wellness checks. And it was, it was. That's the next day, correct? I'm sorry. The next day wellness check? 
is the next day? Yeah, you have 24 to, 24 24 hours. to 72, 72 hours. hours. Okay. Um, the QRT team goes out twice a week, so it always meets that criteria. Okay. But yeah, we try to get to it as, as quick as possible. Um, and sometimes it is only a few hours later they've just gotten back, you know, from the ER or mm -hmm. something to that effect. So. And you still go out with them sometimes? If we needed. Um, yeah, they're, they're fully staffed now and, and really, really running smoothly, so I haven't gone in a minute, but I'd really like to. What, yeah. what, um, what kind of skill set would they, would they look for? Why would they call on the FERB? Like, what would they be looking for? Just an extra person, or do you... Yeah, to fill in. Just an extra person. Right, no, right. <laughs> no, not just because you're an extra person. What do you bring to the table in those well, situations? Well, I'm experienced now, so uh, new people that come along. Um, oh, okay, so... You know, we can help. Help, Model behavior, you know, yeah. basically. Yeah. Right. I don't want to say train. It's just you, you observe. But but let know? me go out on a limb and say that maybe you have a knack for talking to people. Yeah, I, I'm good at it. You know, I'm I'm able to. I buy a car to, from you. Yeah, I'm able to talk to pretty much anybody in any situation. Uh, I didn't used to be that way, uh, but I am now. Uh, the volunteer work, certainly the job, has yeah. has added to that. In a previous job, not for Westbrook, may have may have contributed. Right, right. So I was I was a bartender oh, for. <laughs> for uh, on and off for about 20 years. That was my skill set. So even, um, like I, I came through Amity, which, um, you know, is a Westboro uh, Which I forget about that. Right, right, yeah. Um, I can go and tell you something else about that, which is spilling the tea, which is really funny. Okay. Um, but uh, we, so, we've got to so, spill a little so tea. So my, my job at the time was bartending, restaurant person, you know, sometimes I grill cooked, you know, things like that. Um, it was a tavern that's here in town yeah. that was on the north end, a north end tavern, <laughs> if you I will. Nail down which yeah. one. I'm not <laughs> sure either, but, but, but we'll look um, one day. Yeah. But they were super supportive of me at that time. It allowed me that time off, you know, allowed me to move to the kitchen. I applaud businesses yeah, that absolutely. recognize it. And then every step of the way of the volunteer work of, you know, going to DC and going to Charleston and doing all these things, they were they were very, very supportive of. Um, which which got me to where I am now. So and it was a very family, you know, feeling mm -hmm. of them caring for me and looking out for me mm -hmm. and everything, especially since I was not the best employee before all of that happened. I, you know, I was good at my job most of the time. Yeah. But, you know. You had some things going what, on. I had some things going on. Was it that job that got you comfortable talking to well, strangers? I mean, uh, yeah, that was part of it. Okay. I started I started bartending and well, I started waiting tables and bartending in the, the middle, late 90s. Oh, okay. So I bartended in multiple places around town, bartenders, mercenaries. You know, you go where the money is. You go where, you know, the hot spots are kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So... So because of that, I've met most of the town at some time or another. I see, people see me all the time. Maybe you've like, heard hey. a few stories. Yeah. And then people, you know, are always coming in and talking about their day and talking about their lives and what's going on. Uh, the bartending role, um, sometimes like our role, is to listen. Yeah. It's just to listen. Right. You don't want to be Bartenders, nail techs, hairdressers. You know? Sure. And, yeah. you, and you hear so much. Um, without giving advice or, you right. know, with, you know, saying things like, well, that's a lot. Sometimes <laughs> people need to just say the words. Right. Just say the words. Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, I, it, it was an interesting mix of um, going from bartending to mental health care. Mm -hmm. uh, it, but it's a lot alike. The, the billing's a little bit different. Right. <laughs> right. That was a joke. <laughs> I tried it out on the earlier, so I was sure to laugh. Yeah, no. Just to make sure it was okay. Yeah. Um, because it, there's, you know. so, so, Kevin, if you don't like that joke, you can blame me because I, I said it was okay. But no, there are similarities to the job. Um, 
listening, you know, this, this, talking, yes, being this able to have conversations. Important, you know, when those those issues come up. But uh, you you do hear a lot, and in the ability to meet people and the variety of people that you meet, and um, you know, community leaders down to you know everybody else, that sort of thing. So it's it's an, it's a great way to meet people, interesting way to meet people. Okay, so spill the tea. You said you had yeah. some tea to spill oh, about so, your time in Amity. So when I went into Amity, you know, they check everybody's bags. They have a BHT that, you know, basically oh, shakes I'm in. Sh- shakes down your bags yes. and goes through everything you own and makes sure you haven't brought anything in. Well, the BHT, 13 years ago, coming up on 13 years ago, was uh, Nancy Crane. No. <gasps> yeah. Who later became your boss. She is my boss. She's, she's the director of youth services now. Yes. That's a little switcheroozy. Yeah, that, we've came a long way. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I was the guy getting to bed, and she <laughs> she was the one shaking down my bags to make sure, you know, yeah. it was okay to be there. And, and I, I take awesome. it you were. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, a long time ago. That was a long time ago. Do you ever go through her bag now? No, I do not. I think yeah. you should. Because, <laughs> no, I think you should because, you know, just for fun. Reciprocity. Right. Yeah. Um, I did get to uh, facilitate groups there. Uh, go into Amity, so it's it's interesting, you know, to be back in there. And when I talk to people, when I talk to the groups, I can say, hey, you know, my bedroom was right up there. Mm-hmm. For, I've been you know, here for, for twenty I've done, days. I've, I, I did I, it. I know what it's about. Yeah. And I don't want. I would never want to do it again. It saved my life, but it wasn't. It wasn't a vacation. You know, right. it wasn't great. Uh, that time of my life was really tough. So, so being back there and being able to give back is is, is the part that outweighs the, you know, worrying about if you're doing it for a living or if you're doing it for the right reason. So, but we all have bills to pay. We do. We do. And we're we're needed. I I firmly believe that if you're passionate about what you do every day, then it doesn't feel like a job. Sure. You're passionate. I'm very passionate. I'm curious about that because uh, when you were talking about it the other day and your passion, whatever, and I thought, you know, if you, what is it, if you love your job, you never work a day in your life. Do you, do you feel that? I mean, I do, I've, I've had jobs before where it felt like I was getting up to go to work and uh-huh. I did not want to do it. I don't feel that way. Okay. Now, there it, there are still aspects to the sure. job that I don't love. Probably. You know, yes, you know, of course. I'm not I'm not an office person. I guess I am an office person, but, and, but I don't identify as one yet. Um, but if the, the if, reporting and the, and the... If I could work in your office, yeah. golly jeepers, it's so fun over there. We do have some fun, but I mean, it's... You know, there's parts of everybody's job that, yeah. that are that are that are necessary, needed, that are not fun. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'd much rather be in you got the public, a good team on the street talking to people, talking to people than than, than typing typing the numbers. Yeah. And sure. I totally get that. Yeah. Uh, so, what brought you to Westbrook, or did you kind of already answer this question? Yeah, yeah. you did. Okay. okay. Well, what, what has kept you here? Uh, the, the work, the passion. Um, so right now I am a registered peer, you know, working in recovery uh, sometimes, and I am I'm, uh, I'm suicide prevention interventionist. To me, this is the mothership. You know, there is no place else I can work that has my two passions. And you you, know, there's the so time. much flexibility, right? Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, do you kind of get to do whatever you want? Um, yes, but no. I mean, <laughs> everybody, they usually know where I am. Well, know, they know but, where right? you are, and there's there's some structure, but there's yes. so much room for creativity, is yeah, there? Yeah, the autonomy of the job was I was listed, I was handed a list of 
trainings and things that I needed to have, and that was it. There was no checklist of this, at this time you go do this, at this time you go do that, you know. Um, so it was wide open. And not everybody can manage a job like that. Right. Right. No. Some people need a checklist. Some people yeah. will take full advantage of that. Right. Um, can we talk about if someone is having a situation where maybe they're with someone, uh, what do they do if they come across someone who is thinking about suicide and they want to stay with the person until they get the handoff? Stay with the person. Um, Listen to them, you know, try to keep them calm if possible, you know, and, and, and just reassure them that that next step needs to be taken. So I guess the next step is what I'm asking about. Do you call the sheriff's department? Do you call, like, what, how do you, what are some resources to take it to the next step? Well, if we're on the job here, we're the resource, right? right. Um, but if this you know, is just crisis average team. Joe sitting um, at home with, so, with... So 988 is a number okay. that can be used. That is the, the national um, suicide prevention lifeline number now. So if I'm with somebody, I could call 988, you could call 988 and they would give me right some resources. Okay. Um, that goes to a call center you know, in West Virginia that is going to give them a variety of resources okay. in their area, us being one of them. Um, also, you know, calling our crisis line directly mm -hmm. is something that, that they could do. 304-485-2125. No. 1721. 1721. Okay, don't and, listen to me. And the, and the first prompt is... Uh, for crisis. 1725. 1725 is directly the crisis line. Okay. Right. Okay. Chelsea's going to pop it up because we clearly. <laughs> right. But it's so, the first prompt. Right. Yes. 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 So, um, so if you're not calling for crisis, you got to sit through all of that to get to uh, enter your person's extension. Right. 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 Um, so the emergency departments are also an option. Um, and you don't necessarily want to bring law enforcement into it, but right. some situations are needed. Some people um, get scared. Sure. And it brings up another good point of doing that sort of thing is always keeping yourself safe. Mm -hmm. Never put yourself in danger. You know, even if you have the best intentions to help somebody else, it's very important that we protect ourselves as well. So, you know, in those situations, maybe law enforcement is needed. I thought... But, I thought something that was really important is that if someone is going through an immediate crisis, um, they can give up whatever might be the source of their suicide. They're going to give up their pills for the night sure. or their guns. Mean or, safety is, yes. is, is very, very important. We have a lot of uh, a lot of programs here that address that. We have uh, lock boxes. We have uh, time caps for pill bottles that show what, you know how long it's been since the bottle was opened. Um, we have gun locks. Also, uh, deter to destroy old medicine um, properly, so you're not just flushing it right, or right. throwing it in the trash, you know, um, for it to be stolen or reused or anything like that. So, you know, those things are very important. Um, we supply gun locks to as many people as we can. Um, we take them to uh, the pawn shops. Are they reusable? Gun, gun locks are, yes. Okay. Yes, it's just a key. Um, they look like bike locks. Oh, okay. You know, it could be used as a bike lock if you need it as well. But, yeah, um, the way that they... You know, go down the barrel of a pistol or it can be used around, the, you know, the, the, the trigger of a gun. Um, and even that moment of taking a little bit more time to unlock them mm -hmm. is important. I'm looking into a program um, that, was, that was shown to me about finding somebody locally that could be registered with the program as a safe haven for firearms. Mm -hmm. um, in the past, I've, I've held on to people's firearms in moments of safety, you know, for a little while. Uh, that is also uh, gun control. Let's talk about it. You know, people say gun control, you know, or however you want to call it. Um, but, but it is about safety. If somebody's drank too much and you take their car keys 
Exactly. You know, you're not taking their car. You know, you're going to give it back to them. Right. So you know, we're not we're not trying to take people's right. guns right. that that if, that you know that are in these crisis situations. We just maybe need to you know let that situation die down before before they have access and to I, their firearms. And I think definitely having a, a, a presence a little bit like the Fonz. Let's just everyone just needs to chill out like a bunch of little Fonzies. Let's just <laughs> let's just calm down and then everything can resume. But let's just right. calm down for now. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Safety really is about. Um, of, of securing their, their environment. It's, it's part of our safety plans, mm -hmm. you know. Um, it's, it's important to keep an eye out and, and, and look around and see what's going on around us. So, one last question. Sure. What brings you joy? Um, my family, my wife and my kids. Yeah, um, tell us about your kids. How um, old? I have a daughter, Bailey. She is 15. Uh, she's a ninth grader at South. Uh, my son, Jude, is eight. He is a Jude. third grader at um, Blennerhassett Elementary. He is at the Clay Center today. They had a uh, field trip. Okay, He's that's awesome. Excited about. Mm -hmm. We have soccer practice starting tomorrow. Great. Um, for the soccer season for him. Uh, my daughter uh, had an art show. She had a couple pictures in the art show at South last night, and I found out yesterday she's getting a poem published oh, in Wood that's Whispers. Great. That's great. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, we so appreciate you. you being here with us today. and awesome. um, Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Verb, otherwise known as the fonts. Thanks. <laughs> See you next time.